is typically around your table for Christmas dinner. Growing up, we celebrated Christmas with my grandparents, like I think a lot of families do. But my parents always made it a habit of inviting someone who would otherwise have been on their own at Christmas. One year it was a a nanny who grew up in another country. Another year it was my sister's soccer coach, or or football as as it's really called. Uh, Another year it was a neighbor who would otherwise have have been on her own because she lived by herself. Who is typically around your table for Christmas dinner? Is it family, close friends, strangers? And and how do you determine who gets an invite? What's the criteria for selection? Maybe this year the criteria is a little stricter than in previous years. My name's Ellis. I'm one of the pastors here at Chapel Hill, and I'm so glad you're joining us, whether in person or online, as we continue this series, Not What We Expected. 2020 has certainly not been what we have expected, but a, a life with Jesus is not what we might expect either, but, but in a good way. A life with Jesus is, is full of surprises and twists and turns that, that propels us to something greater than we could ever have imagined. A life with Jesus is, is not what we expected, it's better. And it all began with Jesus's birth. Over 2,000 years ago at that first Christmas, the people who were invited were not necessarily the people we might have expected. And so this morning, I want to ask and address the question, who does God invite to Christmas? My hope is that you will find the answer to this question to be surprising and a little bit challenging. So, Who does God invite to Christmas? I believe three groups of people. And the first group of people that God invites to Christmas is the unwelcome. Have you been watching The Crown on Netflix? Anyone anyone out there been watching The Crown? Yeah? If you're online, maybe, maybe put in the chat who your favorite character is on The Crown on, on Netflix if you've been watching it. I can tell you my favorite character is not Prince Charles, and anyone who's watched it can certainly agree with me. In fact, I, I think my favorite character might be this kind of, he plays just a small part in, in one episode, and it's Michael Fagan is his name. Michael Fagan was a, a young man who was living in government housing. He was separated from his wife and kids. He was surviving on unemployment benefits. And he was probably struggling with an addiction to drugs and alcohol. He's portrayed as this social outcast. He's, he's rejected by everyone. Now, Michael, uh, he wants some money to renovate his apartment. And so he goes to the local authorities and they tell him, no, sorry, we can't do it. So, so then he actually makes an appointment with his local political representative who kind of just dismisses him out of hand because Michael's a bit rude. And so Michael is kind of at the end of his rope and he decides that there's only one thing left to do and that's to go to Buckingham Palace to have an audience with the Queen, right? As you do, uh, except there's a slight hitch, which is that obviously... Michael's not welcome at Buckingham Palace because he's a social outcast, okay? So he takes matters into his own hands, and he decides to break in. 
The Christian claim is that Jesus is the king of kings. That is, Jesus is the ultimate king, the greatest of all kings that have ever been. And on the occasion of his birth, you would expect that only royalty would be present. And yet what we find is that the people that God invited were much more like Michael Fagan than like Elizabeth II. This, this is how the early Christian writer Luke records it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Shepherds were the Michael Fagans of their day. They were social outcasts in society, pushed to the fringes, unacceptable, unwelcome. And they would have been unwelcome at the birth of pretty much anyone, let alone the king of kings. And yet who does God, through his angels, through his messengers, who does God invite to that first Christmas? The shepherds, the unwelcome. Michael Fagan did manage to break in to Buckingham Palace, and according to Netflix, just as the sun was rising, he entered the queen's bedroom to secure an audience with the queen herself. Now, what's most surprising to me is is actually how the queen responds. Initially, she's startled, kind of obviously, waking up with with a strange man at the end of your bed. But once she realizes all Michael desires is a conversation, she pulls up a chair, sits down, and has a chat. The Queen of the United Kingdom welcomes and listens to the objections of a socially outcast subject. And in the very same way, the King of the Universe welcomes those who are unwelcome elsewhere. He welcomes the socially outcast, those whom society rejects, God accepts. So who does God invite to Christmas? First, the unwelcome. Second, the irreligious. Who came to visit you in the hospital after the birth of your first or any of your, any of your children? Who came to visit you? Was it family, close friends, or, or if, you, if you haven't had a child, whom have you visited in hospital after the birth of their child? After my first child, Evelyn, was born, in the next 24 hours, we had no less than six pastors pay us a visit. Uh, Unfortunately, I only got photos of of three of them, but you can see some of them there. Of course, for a child who were uh, of a couple who were religious leaders, which is what both uh, me and my wife are, uh, this should be expected. 
religious leaders visiting the birth of a child of religious leaders. Now, Jesus was a religious leader. Some would say, I would say, he was the greatest religious leader of all time. And so you would expect that God would invite religious leaders to the birth of his son. And yet, that is not what we find. One of Jesus' followers, Matthew, records this in his account of Jesus' life. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Some of the first visitors to Jesus after he was born were Magi. You you might know them as wise men. That's kind of a nice way of putting it. In reality, these were men who were trained in magic arts, as the name Magi might suggest. They they were men who, who were involved in astrology, using the course of stars to predict the outcome of human events. They were not religious men. Far from it. Many would have called them pagans or, or, or heathens. They were irreligious. Not exactly who you would expect to be invited to the birth of a great Jewish religious leader. At one point, a, a member of my family in England trained to be a medium. A medium is a person who's, who's trained in magic arts to seek to gain information about and predict the outcome of human events. After a while, she left those practices behind, but the premonitions didn't leave her. She'd find herself having out-of-body experiences, being, being visited by evil spirits, and sometimes she'd wake up in the middle of the night feeling like she was being physically strangled when no one else was in the room. Eventually, she couldn't sleep. It became all too much for her to handle. Until one day, she heard a voice that said, burn the books. And she took all her material outside and had a bonfire. And from that day forward, a journey began for her. A journey that involved many followers of Jesus who came into her life and began to minister the love of Christ to her, began to to pray for her that she would find freedom from the things that had bound her up. Through these servants of his, God began to invite her and draw her into a relationship with himself. And today, she loves and follows Jesus and has freedom from her past. God doesn't invite people into a relationship with him based upon their religious background. In fact, God invites those who are irreligious into a relationship with him, pagans and heathens, people like the Magi, people like my family member. People who seem the most unlikely people to be invited 
get an invitation. So who does God invite to Christmas? The unwelcome, the irreligious, and third, you. It may seem unexpected that God invites those who are unwelcome and those who are irreligious, but I believe the most unexpected person that God invites to Christmas is you. The story of Christmas is the story of a God who welcomes around his table every single person. Later in his life, Jesus tells a story about a king who prepares a wedding banquet. He he sends out invites, and when the time comes for the banquet, he tells his servants to go out and, and gather the people that he has invited and tell them to come. And so the servants go out and they tell the people, it's time for the banquet, come. But the people don't come. And the servants return to the king and the king says, go out again and tell them to come again. So they go out again and they tell the people to come. And the people say, no, we're not going to come. And so they come back. And then the king says this, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Who does God invite to Christmas? All the people his servants can find. And if you are listening to this, it is highly likely that at some point, one of God's servants, that's one of the followers of Jesus, invited you to come to church, whether in person or online. Maybe it was your parents who first invited you. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was your spouse who first invited you. But every single one of us, I believe, at some point received an invitation from God, likely through one of his servants. And if you would call yourself a servant of God, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, then I believe that God is asking you to extend an invitation to your friends and your family as well. When I was a teenager, I didn't attend church. I I grew up in England, and uh, I spent most of my time occupied with playing rugby. And uh, I loved to play rugby, and, and then after we'd played a, a game on a Saturday, I loved to go out and party with my friends. I, I, I guess I probably would have been a, a relatively intimidating person to some of my peers. One night, I was, I was at a party in the Hellfire Caves in High Wycombe, which is the town I, I went to school in. And while I was there, this, this girl came up to me. Her name was Emily. And she invited me to come to church. You heard that right. I was invited to church while I was in the hell fire caves. And I said, yes. In fact, I I have been longing for an invitation. But I didn't feel welcome unless I was invited. And so here, God used this young girl who was bold and courageous enough to approach an an intimidating rugby player who was 
slightly inebriated at that point in the party, and to step out and say, hey, would you like to come and join me at church? And because I said yes, my life was changed. I found a community that demonstrated what it was to be loved for for who I was. I found a community that gave me the opportunity to experience purpose in my life like I had never experienced before. I found hope. I found meaning. All because of the invitation of one young girl. There has perhaps been no other Christmas in recent memory in which people are so desperate for hope so desperate for meaning, so desperate for love than this one. And every single one of you has the power to bring that into their lives. You have the power given to you by God to change a life, to alter someone's eternal destiny this Christmas. And it all begins with an invitation. An invitation to come. Come to Christmas. An invitation to to come in person, just just sharing with them the link for tickets or or giving them one of those invites. Or, or, Or invite them just to watch online. Just share the link with them and say, hey, tune in to the live stream. And we've never had so many opportunities. Ten services. I mean, how can you possibly have an excuse? They're in person, online, at all hours of the day for two days. You have the power to bring hope and meaning and purpose to people's lives this Christmas. God has put that in your hands. And so I want to ask you, who can you invite? Who is God calling you to reach out to? Because there are people who are just like me, who are longing for an invitation. And they don't feel welcome until they get one. And so who can you invite? Today, make a decision. Before the end of the day, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to invite this person because I know they need hope. I know they need meaning. I know they need purpose. And if you're listening and you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus, then I want you to know you are invited by God into a relationship with him. And as you have heard, it it, it doesn't matter whether you feel welcome or not. It doesn't matter whether you are religious or not. God invites you into a relationship with him. Everyone is invited. But here's the thing. Although God invites everyone into a relationship with him, if you say yes to that invitation, then God is going to change your life. At the very end of the story of the Magi, We read these words. They returned to their country by another way. 
When God invites you to come, he doesn't ask you to bring anything but yourself. But if you do come, he commits to change you, to take away all all of those things that are separating you from him, to take away all of the the hurtful words and actions, all of the selfish desires and ambitions, all of the things that, that we would call sin, he commits to take them away through the work of his son Jesus. And not just that, but he commits to bring you healing and wholeness, to set you free from the loneliness, the anxiety, and the depression. And he does this through the gift of his Holy Spirit, which he gives to all who ask for it. And so, if you are here today, and you are longing for change in your life, you want to walk out of here or walk away from listening to this, and you want to go a different way, a different way than you came in, then I want to invite you right now to join me in prayer. So maybe we could close our eyes, And if you are longing to leave this moment today set on a a different path, going on a different route than the way that you came in, going a different way, then I want to invite you as a sign of that to put your hands out in front of you, open like you're ready to receive a gift, and I'm going to pray that God would give you the gift of his spirit to change you. So Father, I, I ask right now, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on those who are wanting him to come and change them today. Would you wash away everything, everything that they have done that they're ashamed of, everything that they're guilty of, remove it from them now, and instead would you instill love, hope, meaning, purpose into their lives. Would you help them to know how wide and outstretched your arms are? How you long to embrace them. That they are your sons, they are your daughters. And whatever it is that they might be burdened with at this time, I pray you would remove it now. Pour out your spirit onto them. Refresh them. Empower them and enable them to leave by a different way. And Lord, we pray for those of us who already know you and love you, that you, by the power of that same Spirit, would give us the initiative and the courage and the boldness to invite, to bring hope and meaning to the lives of those around us. We are your servants, Lord. Send us out now to invite all to come in to your banquet this Christmas. We pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.